your hair is very long. My hair is aggressively long. Welcome to the Elder Millennial Podcast. I am Dan. And this is Rob. And we are going to be talking about home ownership today. 13 great tips, not just average tips, great tips for new homeowners and first-time homebuyers. Yeah. So hoping uh, we've been homeowners for quite some time, so hoping we can shed some light on this article, give you some tips. I have owned more than one home. You have. Yeah. I've only owned the one. Yeah, you are a slacker. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit together. But hopefully we can uh, shed some light on this article, give you some tips, some practical tips, some practical tricks. If you either currently own a home or think about owning a home as an elder millennial or millennial or really any age. But I mean, a lot of us uh, elder millennials are in the thick of it. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully this helps. Absolutely. All right. Cheers. Cheers. So, as you know, if you've been listening to us, we uh, like to drink alcohol while we do our podcast, and we are drinking something a little bit different. We're drinking two time. things. <laughs> like, you know, the trend is lately has been drinking two things at once. So oh. here we are. Uh, but we are drinking a Bud Light Seltzer. Ooh, what flavor do you have, Dan? I have the black cherry. Mm, sounds delicious. It's only 100 calories, 5% alcohol, but my brother works for a Bud distributor, so I want to give him a shout-out and his company a shout-out and what he does. I actually have never tried a Bud Light Seltzer. Today's the day. I've had a lot of other seltzers, um, and I either love them or I hate them. Maybe we should do a blind seltzer tasting. That would be interesting because yeah. they, from what I can tell, they're all kind of the same. Well, but between White Claw they? and Press, I think the two that I've had. Do they? You've had Truly. I mean, we've had those together. A little funny story about Rob and I. We decided one random day while driving on the road that we were going to pull over to um, Northern Brewer and we bought all the stuff oh, yeah. to make our own seltzer at home. We still haven't done it yet. But well. why. I mean, I used to brew beer with my buddy Tony. We actually brewed some pretty good beer. I don't know why we stopped. I think it was the kids and it takes so much time. But yeah. um, we're going to attempt a seltzer. So that's going to be an episode coming up here in the mm-hmm. near future of us. Maybe we'll brew our own seltzer and then we'll put it in a blind taste test with, with the, uh, other the other seltzers. You know what? And we want to we get our wives on here on a podcast at some point. Maybe we should get them in mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see because they're the ones who really love the seltzers. That's true. And drink them all the time yeah. and see if they can tell the difference. And if they can't, then I don't know what. I don't know. <laughs> then we're going to be billionaires, <laughs> I clearly. I mean, I'm more of a beer drinker and a whiskey yeah. drinker, certainly. Uh, but a, a seltzer has its time and place. Yeah, when it's nice out, summer, it's all right, hot, I'm going to drink boat. my lime seltzer. You have lime? Lemon lime. I got black cherry, so here we go. Not bad. It just tastes like watered-down medicine to me. Whenever Boy, that sounds seltzers. like a great description. You know, like that's like like the black cherry for like it's like yeah. watered down Nyquil. Black cherry is a tough flavor to get right, but it's it's not bad in a weird way. But if someone said, "What does it taste like?" I'd be like, "It tastes like a like watered down medicine." So we have the variety pack of the Bud Light Seltzer, and the strawberry one actually tastes like strawberry. That doesn't taste like cherry. I've had that. It's yeah. kind of just kind of a medicinal taste. The lime one's pretty good. The strawberry one's good. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah, seltzers are seltzers. So we're also drinking whiskey. Uh, before we get into our homeownership discussion, uh, we're drinking some J. Henry and Sons 
Uh, Wisconsin native. I drive past this distillery yeah. all the time on the way to my cabin. It's uh, and I have yet to go. I haven't been there either. Yeah, and it's they have really weird times uh, as far as their tasting room, like mm. when it's open, and they're never open when I'm driving past it, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But they're from Wisconsin, so yeah they uh, they grow all of the ingredients on their farm. Uh, they age everything right there. Um, it's in Dane, Wisconsin. Uh, people really like J. Henry and Son. In general, I don't like their whiskey. Okay. Uh, this particular one is a limited 2019 edition. It's their anniversary blend. And I actually really like it. Um, I think it's delicious. It doesn't have an age statement on it. Uh, so we don't know how old it is. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, 63.28% alcohol by volume. Bottle number 1192 out of 1200. Okay. Um, they sold a distillery and also like a limited distribution in Wisconsin here. Uh, a lot of their bourbons are just really corn forward. Um, oh, okay. Sure. And if you're a bourbon drinker, you, you kind of know what I'm saying, but you could just really corn forward. But this one is, uh, is not, it's, it's delicious. Um, so I'm going to pour some of this. Awesome. Well, while you pour it, I'm going to queue up this article here. So uh, we are talking uh, about home ownership today. So the article is titled 13 Great Tips for New Homeowners and First-Time Home Buyers um, from the Family Handyman. Uh, if you've never heard of the Family Handyman, I recommend if you are on Facebook or social media in general to follow them because they actually post quite a few useful things I've actually personally used uh, while owning a home. Um, Interesting fact, I got a subscription to their magazine. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, which was given to me by my father-in-law, maybe as a uh, friendly nudge when we got married. <laughs> sure. Uh, and it's been great. And then <clears throat> when we bought our first house, how many ever years ago that was, I believe my, my parents got me uh, a book published by the Family Handyman with just general... Um, do-it-yourself home repair tasks that is my parents bought me the exact same book yeah, it's a yeah, thing that's the apparent thing yeah um these, these guys are really good they give a lot of DIY tips and tricks and whatnot so i want to kind of run through this article iy what did i say DIY. well maybe it's all the bourbon you've been drinking <laughs> maybe diyers 13 tips 13 tips so tip number one says scout the neighborhood. So just as a reminder, this is a tip not only for prospective home buyers, but also new homeowners. So these can apply to either when I'm looking for a home or just after I bought it or really anytime. Mm -hmm. So scout the neighborhood. I didn't do this to the point where they say you should scout the neighborhood, like look up online, you know, the school districts, all that kind of stuff. At the time we bought our house, we didn't have any kids. But there's a park near us. There's a we had a big yard, um, nice, clean neighborhood. Looked decent, and that was kind of our scouting the neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't anything extensive. So, um, I think now that I have a, a little one at home, I might mm -hmm. look deeper into this as far as like how many young families are in the neighborhood, or. Uh, what schools would they go to, and how are those schools rated, and things like that. Uh, luckily, where we are, our schools are rated great, so as our kid grows, we'll be fine. But um, just the time we bought it, we just didn't really need to worry about those those sorts of things. Yeah, we didn't scout our neighborhood at all um, for our second house. We did, um, you know, look and see about the school districts and the taxes. And I mean, this article is recommending that 
you go like multiple different types of you know times of the day um, ask the neighbors about the neighborhood um, I suppose you could do that um, I mean certainly recommend looking up online you know crime statistics and stuff uh, but yeah so just that's a tip for home buyers so mm-hmm. number two uh, tackle one project at a time yeah I couldn't agree with this more um, I have a kind of a theory a theory with something that I actually do is I'll do one big project a year and one small project a year. It just keeps my brain around. All right. You know, when we bought our house, I mean, now it's, there's not much to do at this point, but when we first bought it, I mean, the gutters were falling off the house. I needed a new roof. The yard was a disaster. We needed to get new carpeting. It was like a, definitely a fixer upper when we bought our house. So, we had a laundry list of projects and you can definitely get down the rabbit hole of like doing them all at one time and adding a bunch of financial stress to you and stress in general of like your, your free time is around just working on your house. Um, so we just said, okay, we're doing one big project a year and one small project a year. That's kind of trickled down over time. So that's a good strategy. Yeah. It's a lot less stress on every and everybody who lives in the house and financial and everything else. So, yeah, I like it. Uh, number three, uh, excuse me, number f- we're going to skip number three because it says watch this video to learn more things you should do before you move, uh, which is like a general video about like tips about moving and what you should do to pack up your house, this, that, the other thing. Uh, but number four is make a homeowner's journal. Is this something you do? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I mean, I have um, it, it basically outlines the fact that you should keep a, a place with all of your paperwork, uh, which I do. I mean, I have a, a spot in my house where all the homeowner information is. I made sure when we bought our house that I got all of the information from the, the prior homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he unf- he fortunately was really good about keeping that, that information. Uh, but I've had just the other day, uh, we got an error message on our washing machine. And I was just like, oh, gosh, you hear, you know, kids yeah. screaming, do this, that, and the other thing. And there's an error message on our washing machine. Um and I went down, and I knew exactly where the, the manual was for mm-hmm. it. You know, just little stuff like that right. makes it easy. Uh, but I feel like making a journal of when you did certain repairs, when you planted certain things, when you washed or cleaned certain things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a power washer this summer, mm-hmm. uh, and there's going to be plenty of things that I'm going to be washing and cleaning and, and whatnot. So, you know, keeping a bit of a log of mm-hmm. what I've done and when I've done it. Yeah. Um, I think will be will be useful. Yeah. I uh I just write the date. Maybe this is the wrong way to do it, but like we got our ducks cleaned in our house. Yeah. And I just wrote on the one of the ducks the date we cleaned it with a Sharpie. Yeah, that seems like, like a, small. So like rather than write keeping do, a journal, yeah. I just done that. Like when our furnace was last checked or wrote the date on the furnace. Um so whether that's the right thing to do, I just wrote it like literally on the on the object that was repaired or fixed or cleaned. It's like we have a water softener, and I don't track when I put uh, the salt in the softener. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know how fast we use it. Sure. Like I should maybe track that. Maybe. Maybe it's... I don't know. Right? Should something. I track that? Maybe. I just... I usually just buy like five bags at a time. I buy like... 20 at a time oh, okay and it's like a full body workout every time yeah it's from like from the car to yeah the, you know i'm like the the cart at walmart's like collapsing under yeah. the weight <laughs> like six thousand pounds of yeah. salt in this cart and i check it and when it needs it i fill it up i don't really think too much about it so. yeah but i i feel like that's something that you could be more conscious mm-hmm. of um at least to know how much you're going through yeah making maybe that's something i'm going to do yeah we learned something there cool 
Uh, what are we at? Number five. five. Get to know your house before making big changes. So what is this? You like take it out on, to dinner or something? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got to give it a back rub. Ask it, it a, a few rub. questions. You know, ask politely. Ask, <laughs> ask for the sex. <laughs> so I do the opposite of this. I literally, my, my last house, the house that we're in now, uh, we bought it. And then before we even moved in, I almost completely remodeled the main yeah, level of the yeah, house. Yeah. Um, but I bought it with that in mind, and I had the contractor look at it uh, kind of right as we were buying it. Um, we knocked down a lot of walls, and, I mean, we did we did a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, um, I don't know if I agree with this. I mean, it, unless you're on, like, a super limited budget. I'm not saying I had an unlimited one, but I had a good idea of what it was going to cost. Yeah. And my house wasn't 100 years old. So Sure. We did this um, with just our basement per a friend's recommendation who's a contractor. He just said, don't renovate your basement for at least two years just to make sure you can see if, like, any flooding happens or anything fishy happens throughout the, you know, especially living in Wisconsin, different season changes. That's good advice. Um, so we didn't renovate our basement for three years because we wanted to, um, per his recommendation, just kind of see if anything would, would come up. So I would think a reason um, that you'd want to put off major renovations for 12 to 18 months, as the radical article recommends, is that you can be sure about what you really want. Yep. Yep. And you don't realize, at least for, for me when I bought our house, it's the little things that matter at the end of the day. Like when you're looking at a house, you're like, oh, this room is nice, and this is nice. This is fantastic. But, like, we have one room where, our, like, our light switches are all out of whack, and they drive me freaking crazy to this day. <laughs> but I didn't think about it when you're buying the house, right? Like, like, oh, like, I'll fix that later. Yeah, and it just, you know, it, it never happens. But, yeah, I guess as far as getting to know your house, like, I guess if you're doing, like, an ex- very extensive renovation like sure maybe just wait a little bit think about it like 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 rob said get some you know homework done did you try this whiskey yet no what i've been drinking this bud light watered down medicine seltzer maybe we drink the whiskey can we like clink glasses yes cheers boom i love it's in a bucks glass i'm so sad the bucks are done damn coronavirus um tell me what you think of this That is delicious. Normally, the J. Henry stuff, I always do that <laughs> face, if that makes any sense in a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that face, you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. God, like you just drink bug spray. Um, this is delicious. It's very earthy. It's I don't know if you remember the last, the last podcast we did, uh, one of the last ones, we were drinking a, a Blom Brothers whiskey, which was one of my favorites. And this one is way earthier. Way less Ooh, it's refined. Good. It's and some people love that. So that's where it's with whiskey. You've got to be just kind of in tune with what you like. Yeah, because uh, this is very different. And it's it's really hard at a liquor store because you don't know until you buy it. Well, luckily you can just come over here and try. Right. It luckily you have a liquor store in your basement. Correct. Um, but for anybody local, I'm going to give a little shout out to Amon's Liquor Store. Oh, great. Store. Um, in Wind Lake, he built a bar. So a classic Wisconsin thing is let's build a bar inside of a liquor store. Um, it's maybe the most Wisconsin thing you could do. But it's brilliant because he has it's all nice the oh, – it's a beautiful bar. And it's like a thing above the liquor store. So you're kind of looking down at it. He calls it the terrace, right? Yeah, yeah the terrace. And he's got tons of different kinds of um, hard liquor behind the bar. 
different tap beers. Um, so you can actually basically try the stuff before you go and buy it, which is really nice if you're a whiskey connoisseur. Or a, he's got a lot of win, uh, whiskey, bourbon, and um, he's got – what else he got up there? Some vodka I think I saw up there. Maybe. He's got meads. He okay. carries a lot yep. of really nice meads. Um and a lot of the whiskey he carries up there, you actually just can't buy. So he takes some of the allocated and limited bottles, um, and he just pours them on his terrace. Mm-hmm. So you can almost always try something from the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. He sometimes has some of the Van Winkle stuff up there. There's other limited releases that you might not have a chance to try. Um, and he does have things, of course, you can buy. Mm-hmm. Um but you could always just talk to Amon. I don't know how this turned into a commercial for Amon. He's a yeah, great dude. You can just talk dude, to him, yeah, yeah. and um, he'll kind of give you some guidance. I walked in there one day, and I was looking for uh, a new stout uh, to buy. And he walks me over there and just you know kind of going through, and we ended up buying, you know, just buying a, a, a really nice barrel aged stout, which he has plenty of. Mm-hmm. It's just nice to have that kind of sure kind of people around. So yeah, absolutely. Anyways, back to homeownership. Number six on this <laughs> list is so dumb. It's so dumb. I mean, it. <sighs> but it's also important. Yeah. But it is dumb. But it's like a, it's like saying, "Hey, wipe your ass after you shit." Of course, you're gonna do that. <laughs> I mean, it feels normal <clears throat> to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it says, "Check your furnace filter." Right. Fucking replace your furnace filter. Like, you own a home. Yeah. Yeah, you own a home. It's part of the responsibility. I think what this article is trying to say is if you're touring a house and considering buying it, see if the furnace filter's been replaced so you understand if the owner took care of it. Okay. Okay. I could see that. But yeah. if I really, 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 really love the house, <clears throat> excuse me, it's probably not going to deter me from buying no. it. No. Location, is, location, location. Yeah, which is dumb. But so, per our you know podcast before with subscribe and save, yes. I get my furnace filters on Amazon. I don't have to think about it. Because them suckers are expensive. Them suckers be expensive. (laughs) They are. Like, let's talk about gas prices. Let's talk about beef jerky prices and furnace filter prices. Yowzers. Because those are ridiculous. Some loaded topics um, there. Go to Amazon. Do subscribe and save. You can buy, like, a pack of six. You'll save a ton of money. Anyways, furnace filters. Number seven. Don't be afraid to DIY. Hells yeah. Dan, are you a DIYer? I like to think I am. I always do this route first, and then if I can't figure it out or if it gets too daunting, then I call somebody. But YouTube's a glorious place. Yeah. YouTube University. Use it. We have, a, we have a friend, Eric, who is he's extreme to DIY. He loves the DIY. Yeah, he's, he's really good. I remember we were moving a couch into his basement, and it didn't fit, so he just tore the wall down. <laughs> Just the, to get the couch the down most there. Eric thing and he was like, ah, I'll leave this wall anyways. I'll just tear this wall down. Yeah. Because uh, he wanted to tear it down anyways, but it was just really funny. He just knew what to do. But He installed a pool and the deck and all, everything in, yeah. the, in his backyard himself. Yeah, using YouTube and asking friends and people yeah. that, that he knew for help yeah. and whatever else. So, yeah, use the resources that are available to you. You can do it. The two things I really don't mess with personally are plumbing and electrical. I'll YouTube it every time first, but normally I'm like, I should probably call I just somebody. call Eric because he's an electrician. Right. I'll call somebody that I know. I call Joel because he's a plumber. Yeah. Put up on Facebook yeah. like, hey, anybody know anybody who knows a guy who has a friend yeah. that does these things and they'll help you out. So you can do this stuff without spending an arm and a leg, but definitely use YouTube University and uh, It's like, I mean, like things. I'll do, you know, like we put up an accent wall in our house, you know, we're, 
you know, like I'll build tables and shelving and things for our house. Um, you know, do it yourself with like gardening and landscaping. Like mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that I do it yourself with. Um, uh, you know, but you know, this article says worst case you mess it up and bring in a professional. Well, worst case is you mess it up, hurt yourself, do permanent damage to your property and then bring in a professional. It costs you twice as much. Exactly. And, and, it cost you in time too. So like, okay, like when we renovated our house before we moved in, I hired a professional to do it. It was the best decision I could have ever made. Right. Because it's done right. Mm-hmm. It was done quickly. It was done while you were working. It was done without, <laughs> I, I traded the time for the yep. money. Like yep. the amount of time it would have t- I'd still be working on that project right now if I was doing it while we were living here. And the time is more valuable than, than anything in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, I'm not a bit, like I said. Plumbing is one of those things, but our tub had no hot water, and I couldn't figure out why. So I YouTubed it. This little thing I bought on Amazon for four bucks. It was four dollars, like four dollars right. and eighty some cents. Came to my house the the next day. I put this little gadget in there, and it worked perfectly fine. So there are certain things, like I said, just attempt it. If you get to the point where you're like, I'm gonna mess something up, or I have no idea how to fix it, then then stop. But yeah, here's one more thing about that is I tend to get caught up and I want to fix the problem now. Right. Like I want it to be done immediately and it just kind of ties into the next one. But it's okay to stop back away from a problem for a minute or a day and think, okay, is there something I can ask? Is there something I can research? Can I go to the store and try to find an easy solution rather than like just panicking and trying to get it done on that Saturday afternoon because that's the time you have. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be done in the three hour window when your kids are napping on Saturday. Like you can do it the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that same light, number eight, which I'm sure you're going to get to is finish projects now. So it's a, it's a dichotomy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my OCD kicks in with this. Yeah. Like if I start something, I'll stay up all night to freaking get it done. Like I just painted our, laundry room and i just pulled an all-nighter to get everything done because i couldn't handle it being half done that's ocd i mean that was just painting right (laughs) but don't let projects sit if you know it needs to get done chip away at it slowly there's different types of progress though like there's the progress of actually painting the windowsill but then there's also the progress of finding the right paint or finding the right paintbrush or making sure that the project isn't bigger like do i need to paint the sill and the wall and the frame mm-hmm. like think about the project completely mm-hmm. before you start the project yeah, amen because yep. thinking about it counts as doing it yep you when you're sitting there thinking about a project it doesn't mean you're not doing it mm-hmm. you, <laughs> that's what i guess what i kind of meant about it's okay to like take some time sure it's not okay to sit down and just you know have 20 beers and not think you know what I, but yeah you, I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. In, in elder millennial land, hopefully. <laughs> elder millennial land. All right, so number nine, have at least three cats in your house at all times. He's lying. Nobody should ever have cats in general. Okay, so three cats. the reason I, I, I just slipped that <laughs> in there was we did a podcast earlier about me as a human being, and at no point did the fact that I'm a cat I, lover come up. I was thinking about bringing up your cats but i knew it would be 40 minutes and and no one wanted to listen to you talk about your cats for 40 minutes so we talked about collections that i have and one of the collections we missed is a collection of cat shirts (laughs) 
I own a collection. He does. He has a cat shirt for where were we? Were you in Vegas? And you wore one every single day of the week. You were Probably, in Vegas, yeah. And then you wore like just in Jamaica, you wore one. I think like four out of the five days. The only one you didn't actually wear a uh, cat shirt for was the actual wedding. Well, you know, some things but, cat shirts are appropriate for. Some things they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the real number nine isn't anything about cats. No, it's budget for trouble. So. Dave Ramsey will tell you this. Any smart financial advisor will tell you this. Have an emergency fund. Just a good thing to have. So that's what I take away from from this. Just have some money set aside where if something happens, you're not scrambling or throwing crap on a credit card and getting it over your head. Just set a little bit of money aside um, every single month until you have an emergency fund set up. Because stuff will go down i mean that's the only uh thing that i can say for sure is something's gonna break at your house you buy a house and you don't even realize all the things that can break yeah there's so many things that can go wrong yeah so many things and you're just like oh shit but if you have the money set aside a lot less stressful yeah do it slowly all right what is this number 10 verify everything so this is about buying a house yeah we did this. It actually helped us out. We actually um, worked in our favor. So we had a really good realtor. We had a really good um, inspector that come into our, came into our house. And we just said, hey, we want you to fix all this stuff before we buy it. And they were anxious enough to sell where they did fix all the stuff we asked them to. So Yeah, I mean, the, the article saying insist on full written disclosure from the seller about everything, um, you know, including the property's history. Any sort of damage, zoning, et cetera, et cetera. Leaks, mold, yeah. all that stuff. Right, right, right. And then verify it. So it's not saying take the necessarily the seller's word at it, mm-hmm. uh, which is why Dan was saying you have an inspector come in. Yep. Um, and then after they come in and inspect it, your inspector is going to be in your corner. So use that to your advantage as you're negotiating your house deal and then all comes back to me for having a good realtor yep. like people say you hear it all the time like well I'm just going to sell my own house <laughs> okay you can do that mm-hmm. but there are so many things that go into a real estate ch- real estate transaction um, that can get complicated and having a good realtor in your corner mm-hmm. uh, to me is worth it and I would recommend that absolutely Another thing, too, with the inspector is if you don't have a good relationship with your realtor or you don't necessarily think they're the greatest thing ever, do not use their inspector. I actually learned this from a realtor friend of mine because a lot of the inspectors work for the realtor, so they yep. will just basically convince you that everything's fine with the house. Not in a not going to lie to you type of way, but they will definitely mold it into their benefit so that way you actually buy the house because the realtors, obviously, that's their best interest is for you to buy the house from them. So if you don't have a realtor that you absolutely love and trust, go outside your realtor to find your inspector. Absolutely. And a good a good home inspector is going to be licensed. Yep. They're going to have uh, reviews. They're going to be somebody that's been in business for a while. So, you know, if any of those situations were occurring, you'd know. Um. And depending upon the state you live in, there's laws that govern home inspecting where there's some sort of liability for a home inspector as to, hey, if you didn't find this, that's a problem. Yep. Um, 
I've had two home inspections by different people, um, and one was certainly better than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, um, I was I was certainly confident that they were objective in, in what they were doing. They weren't, you know, uh, working with any other motives in mind. Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you one. Here's a story about home inspections. Lay we, have, on me. we have time, Dan. We always have time. I don't know if we have have time for a story. We're swimming in time. Swimming in time. I got half a seltzer and half a whiskey (laughs) here, so I got plenty of time. So I was a seller. I was selling a house that I owned in Greenfield, uh, Wisconsin, and I had a home inspector come in to inspect the home that I owned before we had sold it. This is after an offer had been made, and the buyer in this case, had made an incredibly aggressive offer and sold it. Uh, We ended up accepting that offer well over the asking price, right? And I don't know if the buyer was a little salty. There's a 90s term for you, you elder millennials out there. I don't know if he was a little salty about buying it so high over the asking price or what, but this home inspector found everything under the sun that could have been possibly wrong with our house, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them was our foundation in our basement. And we had architects, engineers, multiple inspectors come through. And the long and short of this story was there's really nothing wrong with your basement, but no one can say for sure. Mm -hmm. And the home inspector for the buyer was saying that we needed to have all this work done. We basically needed to put bracing in our basement, which is like these floor-to-ceiling that that tie into the joists, braces that hold up the wall. Sure. And one of the people that we had look at it, and we're talking about like, I don't know, five to $10,000 worth of work here. One of the people that we came and had look at it was like, hey, this could mess things up. This could shift how the foundation sits, cause leaking and flooding and what have you. And we had never had any problems with that in our house. Mm-hmm. So we found a, a, a mediate, uh, excuse me, a, a medium ground for the issue ended up installing some bracing in the basement and not in other areas, but we did it so that we, we could close the house and we didn't get as much as we wanted for it, but we still sold it. And uh, we get a call from my realtor, I don't know, 45 or 60 days later after we'd sold the house. And they're like, hey, did you ever have any issues with flooding in the crawl space oh, in no. your basement? And I was like, nope, we never had any issues with that at all. He's like, oh yeah, we got a, I got a message from the buyer through the buyer's real estate agent that the crawl space flooded in the in the basement and i was like well shouldn't have messed with the basement then right and and he was basically i think just trying to get us to give him cash so he could put the braces in himself Uh, but i was like i'm not giving you any money if you want braces in the basement i'll pay for them because you know because i would have given him five thousand dollars and then he never would have done it right right you know because it was all a run around anyway yep uh, and there you go, karma's a bitch, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know if that was directly related or what have you, uh, but I just thought it was funny. Like, be careful what what you're doing, who you're believing. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's no cut and dried answers in a lot of this stuff about home inspections. So right. having again a trusted realtor who knows trusted people mm-hmm. to help navigate you through these types of situations because they will arise. Yep is really critical especially yeah if you're first time you just don't know you're just going into a foreign country basically and you're just yeah. hearing these things and you're that was my like, first time selling uh, a house. i don't know what i'm doing it was my first time selling yeah a house. it's it's a thing so having a good group of, group of people around you friends family 
trusted people. And everybody knows a good realtor. Everybody does. Number 11, get a home warranty. Did you guys do this? No. No, we did. So um, our house is older, um, is older, I should say. It was built in 1969. 69. So we have have an older house. So we just didn't know anything. We didn't know when the furnace was going to go, when the air conditioner was going to go, this and that. The the gutters were already falling off the house. We definitely had a fixer-upper. So we decided to get a home warranty. Um, It was $35 a month. And then if you had to, so if anything went in our house, anything, literally, like if the refrigerator died. So they provided all the appliances too into our house, right? So like if the refrigerator crapped out on us, we could call our home warranty company and they would have somebody come out locally. They would inspect it, call the home warranty and say, yes, we need to replace this refrigerator. And then for 75 bucks, which is basically our deductible, they would replace our refrigerator. So we kept that our home warranty uh, until about a year ago because hmm. um, we just basically replaced everything that was so old in the house. So you were paying for it or the seller was paying for we it? We paid for it. So your realtor can hook you up. If you go outside of it, it's about 70 bucks a month, but our realtor had a deal where it was 35 bucks a month. We paid for the home warranty for the buyer of our old house for two years as part of the deal. Oh, okay. It was like, I don't know, it was negotiated like $600 for two years. Sure, 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 sure. They negotiated that into the deal. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. We so didn't... you can do that. Yeah. If you're buying a that. property, you can ask the seller to include a home warranty. That's oh, that's not smart. Of, that's not out of bounds. So if you're buying an older home, that'd be smart. Cause... Yeah, negotiate into the price. So you put in an offer for $100,000 for a house, and then part of actually negotiating the deal could be the home warranty. Sure. That's smart. So, yeah, we had that, and it saved our ass a handful of times. We got a new stove. We got a new dishwasher. We got a new um, uh, uh, hot water heater. We got a new water softener. So we just didn't know how all this stuff was. Didn't have the information. So we thought, you know, 35 bucks a month was worth the gamble on all that. But now that all that stuff is replaced, we got rid of it. Because now all we have is our air conditioner that hasn't gone yet. But now we have an emergency fund set up. So if it does go, there you we'll go. dip into that nice. and save the cash. So, yeah, if look into this. Um, HSA, home warranty is what we used. Okay. Um, again, 35 bucks a month. It's worth it. Look Number it. 12. Are we at 12? Yes. Look at this guy in this picture. He's yeah, he looks like a criminal. Uh, number 12 is check crime stats. Before buying, get a report of police calls in the neighborhood. A bargain price may be due to the crime rate in the area. So you can look up uh, where we live. You can look up like sex offender registries, which is something we did. Which did you is, do that? Yeah. It's just it's horrible because I they're know, everywhere. You just you just hope it's not your next door neighbor, <laughs> right? Like they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I mean, you unless I mean, I think even if you live in the boonies, yeah, we have two within like I think it's like seven miles from us or something. All right, so that's really far. Like we had. When we bought our first house, yeah, we had a sex offender two doors down. Oh shit! Which we didn't. I didn't do any of this. Right. So when we bought our second house, I was like, I'm looking. Yeah. And my wife looked up the stats and was like, Oh my gosh, they're everywhere. There was none two doors down. Uh, when we, uh, you know, yeah. in, our, in our current home, but you know, so that's only one piece of it though, like the right. sex offender thing. You know, it's just, are there burglaries? Are there, you know, yeah, the crime rates. All all that jazz. All that stuff. So there's yeah. like sites you can go to like next door and there's like aggregators where you have to pay 
to like find out you know what the the stats are in a neighborhood um so that's important to you you can do that i mean we've lived in southeastern wisconsin for many years so i think we have a good intrinsic idea of what the neighborhoods are like mm-hmm. which helps us if i was moving across country to california yeah, yeah if i was moving into a suburb of los angeles um, i might pay for a service like that to you know figure out you know what kind of neighborhoods i want to live in yeah um, Again, yeah. if you have a good realtor, they'll help you with all that stuff too. Amen to that. Yeah. These are—I mean, I just keep coming across <laughs> things. There are professional services that I'm willing to pay for, uh, and realtor can definitely fall into that. Yeah, and we know a few. So if you're looking for one, message us. We'll hook you up. Right. Uh, Thirteen. Ask neighbors about pros they trust. So they're talking about pro, you know, plumbers, electricians, etc. In the area. Of course, you can ask your neighbors, ask your friends. I mean, aren't they That's just kind of saying, like, get referrals? Pretty much, I guess. I, I mean, and this makes sense. I mean, uh, who, who yeah. doesn't do this, though? This is just a thing that you do, like, talk to your friends. Who did you use to do this? Right. Well, if you Google plumbers, 9,000 pop up. So, so you, yeah. not only did my father-in-law buy me a subscription to the Family Handyman, but mm-hmm. he bought me a subscription to Angie's List. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, so Larry, you're the man. He was right on top of it. Uh, so I have an Angie's List subscription, which is a really good resource for finding mm-hmm. uh, contractors and uh, you know people of sure. that of Trusted that ilk. people. Yeah. So, all right, fourteen of fourteen. Coming to the last tip. Offer to buy the tools too, Dan. What the hell does that mean? So, um, if you buy from a couple that's downsizing, here's what it says. You might get a great deal to purchase some of their garden tools, tractors, snow blowers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, absolutely. Ask for everything. That's if, a general lesson in life. Yeah. If you if they say no, they say no. We literally said, hey, leave everything. Leave your couch if you want. I don't care. Leave literally. We want everything. And, That's um, smart. You know, if they say no, they say no. But um, I think it's, you know, a lot of people just – so the house that we bought – was from an older older lady who was actually going into um, an assisted living facility. So we learned this. So we knew, well, she's not going to need a snowblower or a lawnmower right. moving there. So we just literally asked for all the stuff we knew she would not need for all of that, and they left everything. So, um, so we did a uh, home inspection, of course, and one of the things our home inspector found was that there was like a couple of shingles missing on our roof uh, of the house, our, our latest house that we bought. And they had a couple things sitting around that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, a, or there was a rip saw, there's a basketball hoop. There was something else. I can't even remember now. But instead of asking them for money to fix the roof, yeah, which I was going to have a buddy come over and do for free sure. anyway, yeah, I was like, hey, just leave me the basketball hoop and the rip saw and whatever else it was. Uh, and we'll call it even. Nice. Like, sure. We don't, to, we don't have to move it now. Yeah. You know, so just... And my and I remember saying this to my realtor. Uh, he's like, well, "What do you want to do about this?" I'm like, "Well, can we just have them throw that stuff in?" He's like, "Well, yeah, Any, they might do it. Anything's possible." And there you go. Nice. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, trades. Um, yeah, good of, in general. Yeah, just going back to the basics, right? Like trade people for stuff. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So. Cool. Well, that was it. That was 14 out of 14. So hope you guys learned some things. If you are a first-time home buyer or buying a second home, third home, fifth home, vacation home, 
Help us out. I think we'll dive into some other <clears throat> homeowner homeowner topics going forward. I'm a, I'm going to be buying a pressure washer. I think I think talking about pressure washing in general could be a really neat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys like hearing about, it. if anybody's actually listening, if you like hearing about these type of things, let us know. Um, I like talking about them. There's always something uh, that needs updating if you own a home. So there's a never-ending uh, library of topics yep. to talk about. Absolutely. Boom. Boom.